0: I'm taking as my text this morning uh, our gospel reading uh, Luke's gospel chapter 1 verses 26 through 38 and uh, so if you happen to have a Bible uh, handy I want to encourage you to turn there uh, and this is the text that uh, we, that we uh, preached on uh, earlier this morning and but uh, because we're doing this uh, the full sermon here uh, I want to uh, read the text again so it's a fresh in our minds uh, Luke's uh, ch- gospel Uh, Chapter 20, uh, excuse me, chapter uh, 1 and beginning at verse 26, uh, a traditional uh, text uh, for the fourth uh, Sunday in Advent. And Luke writes, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. favored and faithful mary favored and faithful and so at this point in the season of advent the focus of the season shifts uh, from jesus at his second coming or second advent uh, which is yet to take place which is a thing that uh, we're yet waiting for uh, to jesus at his first coming uh, which has already taken place and which is a thing that we formally celebrate Uh, in the 12 days or during the 12 days of Christmas. And the story of Jesus at his first coming or his first advent in that story, uh, Mary, his mother, figures large. And what we discover about Mary in our text this morning is that Mary was favored by God, and Mary was faithful to God. And Luke tells us, uh, beginning at verse 26, That in the sixth month, that is the sixth month of of Mary's cousin Elizabeth's pregnancy. That is Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. In fact, Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. In fact, Jesus and John the Baptist were cousins. But, but, But Luke says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a a, a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And, of course, the virgin's name was Mary. And so Mary was uh, young, uh, perhaps in her early to mid-teens. And as Luke notes, Mary was a virgin. And, And Luke says that Mary was betrothed to a man called Joseph. Now betrothal uh, was something more than what we now think of as uh, an engagement between a man and a woman. Indeed, in in Mary's day, a betrothal was established by means of a binding legal contract that was entered into by the families of the bride uh, and the groom. And in betrothal, the man and the woman, or the bride and the groom, uh, were in fact considered, uh, according to the tradition, Uh, and the the law, uh, uh, to to be uh, actually husband and wife, uh, even before the marriage was consummated. I mean, that's how binding the betrothal was. And this is no doubt uh, the reason why in Matthew's gospel, Joseph is referred to as Mary's husband, uh, even before their marriage had been consummated. And Luke says that God sent his angel or messenger, in fact, the word angelos, uh, in the in the in the Greek, uh, from which we get to the English word angel, means messenger. That God sent His angel, called Gabriel, uh, to Mary, who was uh, living at the time in a small Galilean uh, village called Nazareth, a village, as uh, you may know, uh, with a less than sterling reputation. Uh, in fact, you may re- recall the question that Nathaniel posed to Philip when when Philip. And the Gospel of John told his friend Nathaniel that they had found the Messiah, the one that the Moses and the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel asked uh, uh, Philip in in chapter one and verse forty-six, uh, "Can any good thing come out of Nazareth?" And then Luke continues, picking up in uh, verse uh, twenty-eight, and Gabriel came to Mary and said greetings or hail, Ave, uh, in the Latin greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And so Mary was favored by God. Indeed, uh, God was uh, aware of Mary, and, and more than that, uh, uh, God was, uh, as uh, the angel Gabriel says, was with Mary. Indeed, I, I, I don't think that it would be too much to say, uh, perhaps that God connected with Mary. He certainly was mindful of the sort of person that she was. And he was obviously pleased with her. Indeed, uh, Mary was God's chosen one, if you like, chosen to be the mother of his son, who he was sending into the world. And then Luke continues again, uh, picking up at verse 29. And he says, and Mary was greatly troubled, uh, at Gabriel's saying, and tried to understand or discern what sort of greeting this might be or what he meant uh, by what he was saying. In fact, Peterson in the message put it this way, that, that Mary was thoroughly shaken. Indeed, it, 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 this wasn't the sort of thing that Mary was used to. That her seeing an angel and being addressed by one wasn't anything that she had ever experienced before. And so Mary was frightened and she was confused, perplexed, if you will. And Luke says in picking up at the, verse 30 that the, the angel said to her, uh, don't be afraid. In fact, in the Greek, Uh, It's a a present uh, imperative with a negative meaning, uh, stop being afraid. She was afraid. And so he says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And then comes the annunciation proper, as we might call it. And he said, and behold, you will two things. You will conceive in your womb and two, and give birth to a son. And you should call his name Jesus. Now Jesus or Yeshua, uh, in the in the Hebrew means Yahweh is salvation. In fact, when you read about this in in Matthew, in fact, the angel uh, who came to uh, uh, Joseph also said, "And you shall call him you shall call him Jesus or Yeshua. Yahweh is salvation because he will save his people from their sins." And so, what an appropriate name! And Gabriel continues, and and he will be great. This this child that you're going to have, and that. You'll call Jesus. He'll be great, and he'll be called Son of the Most High. Of course, uh, Son of the Most High or Most High is a a reference uh, to God the Father. And then Gabriel continues, and he says, And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, which is a clear, uh, uh, Mary would have known uh, what was the significance of that. It's a a messianic uh, reference. The, the, The angel seemed to be saying to her that she was going to give birth, to the messiah that they were all waiting for and gabriel continues and he will reign over the house of jacob or the house of israel the word uh, the name jacob and israel being interchangeable and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end which is a very interesting statement that his kingdom will have no end because king all kingdoms come to an end in fact uh, queen elizabeth ii is the oldest she's 94 years old this year she's the oldest and, and longest reigning monarch in england and, and yet her reign will come to an end because all reigns come to an end but of course but but the angel says that jesus is won't his kingdom will never end you can you can imagine how this is adding to <laughs> mary's confusion uh, and so she was uh, she, In fact, she asked this question. She says, how can this be? And in particular, she was concerned about this one point, in fact. And how can this be since I'm a virgin? Well, what a sensible question to ask. But then notice verse 35. And this is the angel's response. And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore the child to be born shall be called holy special indeed the son of god now in in mary's day and amongst the pagans they sometimes spoke of of human divine matings in fact the roman historian suetonius spoke of the birth of of the emperor augustus that it that his conception was the result of his mother having sexual relations with the Roman god Apollo, but what, what, but what uh, Gabriel is talking about here isn't anything like that. In fact, when Mary conceives, she is a virgin, unviolated, and when she gives birth to Jesus, she's still a virgin, and so there's there's no indication that the angel is talking about some kind of a human divine coupling but rather God working a miraculous and creative act on such a special occasion as him sending his son into our world. And then Gabriel adds a little bit more information that would be very special to Mary herself. This information about her own cousin, Elizabeth. And Gabriel said, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age. Has also conceived his son and is in the sixth month, who was called barren. She here she now she's in her old inn, she was never never able to have a child, but she's about to have one now. She's in her sixth month of pregnancy. And the and, and Gabriel adds, for there is nothing impossible with God. And so God can cause a barren woman, a woman who's been barren all of her life, to conceive. And God can even cause a virgin to conceive because, as Gabriel says, with such confidence that nothing is impossible with God. Uh, in theological terms, we refer to this as God's omnipotence or all, 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 all power, all powerful. Um, in his classic book, The Principles of Theology, W.H. The, the, uh, 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 Griffith Thomas Uh, defined uh, divine omnipotence as power adequate to all possible requirements. Power adequate to all possible requirements. In other words, God has the power adequate to do anything he means to do. And so that being so, nothing is impossible with God. And so Mary found favor with God. But not only that, God, uh, excuse me, uh, Mary was, also faithful to God. Indeed, notice Mary's response to all of this, and I have to believe that Mary probably didn't understand half of what the angel was trying to explain. And in, in fact, do you understand? <laughs> do you understand uh, how a a, a, a a virginal conception works, or a, a virgin a virginal birth works? And still, Mary trusts. And and submits herself to God. Indeed, notice verse 30, 38. And Mary said in response to all of this, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your words. And then Luke adds last, And the angel departed from her. And so Mary trusted God and, and submitted herself to his will, as it was explained to her. By the angel john stott in his book of uh, people my teachers and i've used this quote it seems to me uh, sometime not so long ago he said that it's precisely because god is faithful that trust in him makes sense for there is no one more trustworthy than god and so mary entrusted herself to god and to his will for her I suppose that begs the question. And so how about you? Indeed, Luke doesn't just tell us this story of Mary, which is, and Mary no doubt was the source of the story herself, but just to give us something nice to read on the fourth Sunday in Advent. No, indeed, Mary is a model, a model of discipleship, if you will, and a model is something meant to be imitated. Even if someone has written, there's no reward for admiring faithful people. No reward for admiring faithful people. Faithful people are meant to be imitated. Or someone else has written, you can't give God half of your heart and expect the whole of your heart to be satisfied. And why Mary matters to us is not only because she's the mother of our Lord, but because she, she gives God all of her heart. And she shows us how to live. Mary shows us how to walk with God. And so we might ask this question. So what are you going to do with Mary? (laughs) I want to be like Mary. Uh How about you? Mary favorite and faithful. Let us pray. I think sometimes Lord uh, Mary kind of gets lost. We we have her here in 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 the in the in the birth narratives in Matthew and Luke. We see her again with the earliest church in in the book of Acts. And there she is uh, with the 120 that were gathered in the upper room and then those who were gathering daily at the temple waiting for the coming of the spirit there she is. She was there at the, the conception and the birth and Raised our Lord Jesus, and then there with the earliest church, telling her story, this story. She was faithful, not only favored, but she was faithful to God. She shows us how to be faithful, not because we're not faithful to you because we can understand everything. But faithfulness is trusting in you and submitting to your your will and obeying you, even when we don't quite understand how all of these things can be. And so as we're coming and getting close even to Christmastide and the birth, a celebration of the birth of your son, our Lord Jesus, help us to think about Mary, and not in just some sort of a sentimental way, but to see her for who she really is, the model disciple, one obedient to your will. And may you give us grace to follow in her footsteps.